Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning. I'm really excited. We have on today's show Greg Simon, Vice President of Economic Development at the Metro Atlanta Chamber, Todd Freiberger, CEO of Star Mobile, and Baha Zidane, CEO of Azalea Health. Welcome, gentlemen. Good morning. Good to be here. Great. So, as always, I love to start our show off by asking uh, my guests what the trends are that they think are really important in the Atlanta area uh, that CEOs need to know about. So, Greg, you want to go ahead and tell us what Metro Chamber has in in terms of trends? Happy to do that. Uh, and, And thanks for having me here this morning. At the Metro Atlanta Chamber, we focus on uh, bringing the best together to help Atlanta thrive and, and growing the economy here in Atlanta. There's certain industry verticals that we've identified that are strong and key for Atlanta, supply chain and manufacturing, life sciences, technology, mobile technology. Uh, but the, in terms of a trend that I'm seeing and really excited about is a transformation to a knowledge-based economy. We've been very successful in helping companies open research and development operations, innovation centers, and that goes across the technology board. So that, that's sort of a high-level trend that I'm seeing in our economy. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the, the shift, I mean, do you have any um, thought on what percentage or what kinds of, um, what size of, of dollar figures are, are flowing into the knowledge-based economy? Well, uh, what I'm seeing as examples are companies like Panasonic Automotive Systems of America, AT&T, Home Depot, Coca-Cola, all opening innovation centers at Georgia Tech's campus in Midtown Atlanta at Tech Square to take advantage of the engineering talent that we have here, interacting with the faculty, not only at Georgia Tech, but across the board at all the more than 60 colleges and universities that we have in Metro Atlanta. So more so than investment figures, what I'm seeing are these innovation centers opening to the point where real estate is filling up in Midtown right now. Right. And most of our CEO listeners are going to be in the middle market. So, you know, let's say up to 300 or $500 million in, in annual revenues. So what, what are the implications for them of, of this trend? I think that it creates business opportunities for companies of all shapes and sizes. You know, at, at the Metro Atlanta Chamber, we're all about connecting businesses and creating commerce. And so whether you're a small business, uh, a startup technology company, a mid-market company, or one of the big brands that we have here, I think there's opportunities for businesses at all of those levels to, to partner, to do business with each other, and there's opportunities for potential uh, acquisitions as well. Uh, what we're seeing is this very positive ecosystem develop where companies in all the categories that I mentioned are regularly getting together and interacting, whether it's through a Metro Atlanta Chamber event, a Technology Association of Georgia event, a Georgia Tech event, or with all the emergence of various co-working spaces in the area, there are all these entities and organizations bringing people together to interact and and benefit from those interactions. Mm-hmm. What about you, Baha? What are you seeing? 
Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit on the health IT side. Uh, this is one of the main focus for the Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce, and uh, it's one, in a, one of the areas that's in a fast growth in the Atlanta market. We're um, the Atlanta, uh, Metro Atlanta is the capital of the healthcare IT uh, world, which is truly we are. Um, you look at other cities like Boston, Chicago, Atlanta has the perfect recipe to be um, the health, the capital of the health IT, but there is a lot of changes in the in the in the industry, and it's all driven but start by the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, um, has made a lot of changes where we are actually fastly moving forward in dig- digitalizing our healthcare industry. And that's bringing a lot of trends from data analytics, uh, also mobility, patient engagement has been a huge factor. But even in the the higher perspective, a lot of the companies now are uh, engaging their employees with wellness programs. And there's a lot of shift uh, in that traditional healthcare where we uh, are more proactive than reactive. And uh, that's creating a lot of jobs. Uh, Georgia Tech, as, uh, as Greg mentioned, uh, there's a lot of initiatives, a lot of startups around the healthcare IT industry. There's a lot of uh, great ideas and great startups that are tackling uh, how to solve this problem. One of the ways we need to solve this problem by lowering the healthcare costs, sharing data and uh, with patients, sharing data between providers can help lower the cost and there's a a huge boom in that Uh, we have to invest in the health IT to lower our costs Mm -hmm. and where does Azalea Health fit into that that picture so Azalea Health actually uh, we provide health IT solutions to the physician office and from scheduling a patient appointment all the way to engaging with a patient through telehealth uh, and what we what we do is we make sure uh, we so, we solve the physicians' business aspect of uh, taking care of their insurance reimbursement and uh, claim reimbursement. And there's a huge shift in in the payment method for the healthcare uh, side. We see traditionally the healthcare has been uh, healthcare providers getting paid by transactional base, um, basically sending a claim and getting paid for it. And there's a huge shift where now uh, reimbursement is going to be or is it's been started to be um, as for outcome driven healthcare. So basically looking at the outcome of a population or an outcome of the patient. And that's how the future uh, provider is going to be reimbursed. And um, what we fit in and we, we, we help the provider uh, navigate this complex um payment method uh, changes. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Todd? What are you seeing in terms of trends that you're also in the IT world? Well, I see it on two different fronts. First of all, I've been in Atlanta now since 1987, so I'm a northerner uh, transplant. I don't think there's been a better time to build a business in Atlanta in the entire time that I've been here. And as Greg noted, you know, right now I think we're seeing an amazing resurgence um, of corporate tech centers, lots of startups down in Midtown. You know, it's driving, you know, on the backside of what was a recession in the real estate sector. You're seeing just a lot of these businesses gobbling up the available real estate, and you're seeing new buildings go up as well. But you're also seeing available cash that's not only being freed up here, that's being invested into these types of businesses, but you're seeing capital come from California from the tech sector that's seeking active new opportunities that's outside of the regular deal flow that's in town. It's just a great renaissance that we're seeing across all sectors of IT. The other aspect of this, and this is kind of biased to what we do at Star Mobile, is 
you know, folks don't realize that this is a mobility town. And a lot of that, we, you know, we give a lot of testament to the fo- fact that AT&T Mobility is based here. And it's ga- given birth to a whole generation of technologies and technologists that have kind of fallen around that. I think, you know, AirWatch owes a great debt to the ecosystem that AT&T Mobility created there. And as AirWatch is assimilated within VMware, my bet is that AirWatch is going to give birth to a lot of other companies in the mobility sector around that. But moreover... People don't just real- to stop you, just a, a jargon watch here. VM watch. V- VMware. Okay. V- VMware is a company that acquired AirWatch last year. Got it. And so, in in in, if you kind of step back and you look at the numbers, you know Atlanta is third in terms of the concentration of talent around the mobility sector: developers, content providers, hardware companies, and so forth. We're behind New York and San Francisco, Silicon Valley, in respectively, but we're the fastest growing. And we also have the lowest cost basis of those employees. And so when you compare you know, what we have in Atlanta to, say, Palo Alto, you know, the cost basis on that personnel is about half. And by the way, we can keep them. You know, they're not, they don't have three offers with <laughs> Facebook or something else by lunchtime. And moreover, we're, all, we're right there at the, at the spigot with a lot of great talent coming out of Georgia Tech. So in our sector around mobility, you know, I don't see any better town that we can build a mobility business in because of that, that ba- the, the talent base that we have to draw from here. Mm-hmm. And both of both uh, you, Baha, and Todd have experienced some growth uh, over these past few years, um, kind of riding that wave. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about why that growth has happened or what, that, what the trajectory of that growth has been and what you expect. Sure. Uh, we actually, Azalea Health started in uh, South Georgia and rural Valdosta, in Valdosta, Georgia. And we uh, recently acquired a company in uh, Alpharetta and we moved to Sandy Springs just last year, actually, exactly a year ago. So uh, we're growing fast. It's exciting because, and uh, our growth is around the, uh, the changes in the healthcare, um, the industry, even fast food uh, providers realize that we have to make some changes in the healthcare industry. We have to get better. We have to know and be engaged more with our healthcare and, uh, and lower our costs. So, and with technology, that's something we can achieve. So, it's been really great for Azalea Health as far as uh, as that. And also there was some mandates in the ACA to, uh, to uh, have the physicians use electronic health records um, as part of re- the reimbursement model. Uh, that spurred a lot of growth for Azalea. And what we see in the future, uh, a lot of growth in a uh, few sides. One is the mobility, like Todd mentioned. Second part is the... Um, Telehealth, uh, we cannot keep up with the amount of physicians available now in in the marketplace. We have to augment what the physician can provide using technology like telehealth, being able to use our mobile phone as the first correspondence for health care. And we're going to see a lot of growth in that side. So we're very excited. Um, And uh, now after moving to Atlanta, Atlanta is a perfect hub to develop a multinational and a large company. And we're excited because of the airport, because of the ecosystem, the business ecosystem. We have a very vibrant um, Fortune 500 companies that actually collaborate with smaller companies. And we have uh, great universities uh, like Georgia Tech, Kennesaw State. Um, 
perfect work environment and perfect actually city for uh, uh, the 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 cool living. Uh, and I think we we are very fortunate to move here and be able to expand our business uh, from here. So, in your opinion, in terms of the ACA, ha- have you are you seeing that it's actually achieving yeah, its, yeah. its goal? Yeah, just a few years ago, only about 20% of physicians used electronic health records. Uh, we're reaching all the way to 80% of physicians are using electronic health records. Most patients you can see now on the street, they have a way where they can go online and retrieve their last visit from their doctor. And uh, that's a huge growth uh, in the industry as far as digitalizing the the healthcare industry itself. Is it making the physician's offices more efficient, you're finding? Uh, more transparent. Uh, I think we, we were seeing a lot more uh, transparency and consumerism. And, and it used to be a black box. Uh, you go to the physician office, you go home, you don't have access to your lab results, you don't have access to, to your information. And now, right after you step outside of that physician office, you can go online, you can see you, you, the notes, you can see everything about you from, from that perspective. Um, and I think that creates more uh, educated patient, which in return, they can take care of their health care better. Uh, so, yeah, I, we feel that we're, there's a huge results um, and also with collaborating uh, using technology between providers, we're seeing health systems that are uh, lowering their costs and improving their reimbursement as, as providers. Uh, and those pilots are real uh, and, and it's happening as we speak. Right. What about you? What are you, Todd? You're, you've also experienced some growth and you know, riding that wave. So tell us a little bit about some of the growth that you've seen as a result of these trends. Well, you know, we're, we're fortunate that the mobility sector is pretty hot, right? And I think everybody here at the table, most of your audience, we're all fans and consumers of mobility, right? Star Mobile is a little bit different in the mobility sector, and we're helping companies to engage in mobile in a different way than more of a business-to-consumer standpoint. We're helping large companies to take the systems that they have to support their business and getting out into the hands of their mobile workers. And we do that with a unique platform that does that faster, simpler, and at a lower cost basis than any other solution on the planet. And so it's always helpful to be in a very hot sector to be able to surf that wave, if you will. But moreover, you know, our story, I think, is one that you know, actually embodies a lot of the growth trends that we see in Atlanta. Um, I actually had been a senior executive with a, a variety of large software companies. I was based here in Atlanta, but this is kind of where the dry cleaning bills came for a long time. Um, <laughs> and so this is really my first time to actually be able to double down on Atlanta. And I had been in the enterprise mobility sector for a time, and I was frustrated because the types of solutions that were being offered were slow, complex, and expensive. And I made a bet. And I made a bet on myself. I made a bet on Atlanta. And I also made a bet on some technology that we discovered at Georgia Tech. And that technology was created um, at our CTO, a gentleman by the name of Ragupathy Siva Kumar. Siva is the uh, head of the Mobile Computing and Network Research Group at Georgia Tech. It's one of the top such research labs in the land. And he had a couple PhD students that came up with a great idea about how to deliver enterprise mobility quickly, simply, and inexpensively. And so here was this great IP that was looking to be commercialized that happened to solve a problem that I saw. And so two worlds came together. 
But moreover, our story really kind of embodies, I think, a lot of the great you know assets that we have in Atlanta that makes it attractive for these companies to harness the type of growth opportunities they see. Because you know we took that nascent technology and took it from you know science experiment stage to an enterprise class product. Um, under grants from the Georgia Research Alliance and the National Science Foundation. So, you know, free money that's non-dilutive, you don't have to pay back, is not a bad way to bootstrap a company. Now, most people look, would love that. And it, my tax dollars actually were coming back to me. Uh, but moreover, the fact that we, you know, we were commercialized through uh, Venture Lab, uh, which is the number two university-based business incubator in the world that happens to be based in the Georgia Tech, you know, in the Technology Square ecosystem. We're members of the ATDC, which is one of the most respected startup communities uh, as well. And moreover, we're also, you know, the alignment with the fact that, as I said before, this is a locus for mobile talent. And so the ability to grab the technologists that we need to go fuel this business this is a Fortune 500 town as well because we have an enterprise solution. So our ability to actually test the solution with customers as we're going to commercialize that and get direct feedback from some of the best in class, those growth opportunities for us to start this business, I don't think this could have been done anywhere else on the planet. Um, that also allowed us as we went beyond just that early stage to get you know additional capital to as we came out of stealth mud and started to stand it up. It allowed us to attract not only local capital, but also attract capital from Silicon Valley that also helped us in our in our early seed rounds and such. So, you know, the Star Mobile story, I think, is really the story of Atlanta and the story of the Atlanta technology, um, you know, uh, arena that we see that is just, you know, on fire right now. And, and how many, how big are you now? How big is the company? Uh, we're, we're about, uh, we're approaching two dozen employees. Great. Um, but moreover, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> there, there's some things that we have kind of on the horizon that are pretty exciting that will kind of take us to that next incremental level of growth. Because... You know, again, when you're building enterprise software, it takes a little bit of time, and it also takes a little bit of time to get the, some of the commercial traction, but uh, we're pretty bullish on 2015. Great, great. And you both are, are, are founders, so tell us a little bit about, you know, this, this risks that you, you took and the bets that you made, and, you know, as folks are thinking about how to use these trends to grow their businesses and, and help their, with their own growth, what would your recommend, recommendations be? Well, uh, first, as startup um, CEO, you always have to uh, rely on your perseverance. Uh, you, you can't give up. <clears throat> it's always you're going to have little tough times every once in a while, and you can't uh, let the tough time uh, shift your focus from your vision. Uh, the second part that I advise all startup uh, CEOs Surround with your, yourself with really the best. Uh, they help you. Uh, I always look when I interview, I look to see if somebody is far better than I would, me, in doing what they needed to do. Um, and that, that's always, that always helped me. Um, sometimes accessing capital is not as easy, but uh, you have to focus on making sure you have good relationships with banks and VCs and, and, and continue to have that relationship um, going moving forward. And of course, the best thing is, as Todd mentioned, um, you have to also be aligned with universities like Georgia Tech and the ATDC. We were a select company as well. That's a venue for you to interact with other CEOs to see what challenges they've solved and how they solved it and uh, be able to kind of open a lot of doors for you. So um, 
There's a lot of things uh, that I advise CEOs, but definitely those are the, some of the few things that I'll... What about you, Todd? How, how do CEOs take advantage of some of these trends? Uh, wow. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things associated with that. Um, first, uh, I want to echo your sentiments of, you know, being, you know, having perseverance and stuff and making a bet on yourself. But, you know, more so, um, as you'll note, I'm not a millennial. I'm, I'm kind of an old guy. Um, and uh, although your listeners... You can't hope, see that. Yeah, the exactly. But the guys The here voice, I think, may probably... <laughs> gives it away a little bit, but <laughs> but but um, but the fact is, is that you know beyond, I've always felt comfortable making bets upon myself. Um, but I think first and foremost, you have to have a strong support system at home uh, because you're making a bet not only for yourself, you're making a bet for your family. And you, to have gone from you know a successful career in corporate America, if you will, um, to then make a bet to kind of reach for the longer term brass ring, you have to have that foundational thing. I, I'm deeply indebted to my wife and children. Um, to allow me to take that opportunity to take a bet or shot on goal, if you will, in terms of what you know I see. But moreover, I, I think it's important to surround yourself with the best, um, surround yourself and empower them, um, particularly um, allowing people to reach well beyond you know their capacities to give them stretch goals and the opportunities to step up and drive. Because you know the one thing going from you know having surrounding yourself with a large ecosystem of people and infrastructure and such to going to something that's more of a startup is there's nobody to delegate to. Um, you truly take the trash out. Um, it, there's a cleansing aspect to that that is, um, it's refreshing, sometimes it's frustrating, but you're getting back to the genesis of why we work right. and why we do business. And um, there's a very healthy aspect of that. And I, if I were to look back on my career, I wish I did do this when I was in my 30s, not in my early 50s, um, because you have to have a lot of energy. Now, thank goodness I'm actually a former endurance athlete because this <laughs> is, it's not a marathon, it's an ultra marathon. But I think you have to have a very realistic assessment of what you're stepping into um, and where you're going. But you have to have an you know, wielding vision and passion for that vision um, to be able to go pursue it and the ability to go instill it in others and share that with folks along the, along the way. Um, I think it's absolutely important to be able to build a strong network in all directions, whether it's for capital, whether it's for business, whether it's for partners, whether it's for um, prospective employees. And inclusive of that network, I'm deeply indebted to the folks at the Metro Chamber because I think they've done a great job in helping us to facilitate you know, networking and things to help us to tap in all the ecosystem around Atlanta that's helped us to enable our success to this date. Now, you mentioned uh, that you had gotten some money from Silicon Valley. Is that correct? Did we I did. get correct? Okay. Is that getting a little bit easier? Because from what I've heard, it, it has historically been fairly difficult for a, Atlanta companies to get money from out west. I, I would, I guess, the way I would answer this. Um, first of all, I think it is, and I think it is because if you put yourself in the shoes of the VCs out west. Um, you know, first of all, you know, for VCs, you know, they have enough opportunity to see deal flow that they really don't have to reach out of their comfort zone for opportunities. So for many of those guys, it's a long commute going from Menlo Park to Palo Alto, which, by the way, is about one mile. Um, but to reach into Atlanta, it takes their willingness to take some risk or moreover, it takes their willingness to look beyond the deal flow that all the other VCs are seeing on Sand Hill Road that invariably get bid up and are very competitive. You know, it's not that Silicon Valley has a monopoly on great ideas, but I think the more enlightened VCs are seeing that Atlanta has some great, you know, great opportunities, whether it's in mobility, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in financial services IT, whether it's in, you know, the biospace. 
there's lots of great opportunities here. And you're seeing that you know, light bulb go off of, wow, why would I compete here in Silicon Valley when there may be other greater opportunities in Atlanta? So I think you're seeing that enlightenment. I think sometimes it's an excuse for entrepreneurs and startup CEOs to say, oh, it's just too hard to raise capital in Atlanta. To me, it's more of if you've got a great opportunity, if you've got a great team, you've got a great business model, you've got great IP, you will always be able to find the means to find capital for that. And so sometimes when you hear that lament, it's more of this is hard work or maybe I'm missing some of those ingredients and I haven't maybe been able to go out and be smart about how I go about raising money. So I do think the process is getting much better. And hey, we've got some great opportunities here that I think are catching fire and catching that attention that that continues to feed. You know, once one takes it, other people will then take, you know, because nobody wants to have that one island portfolio company here. They'd rather have a portfolio of opportunities here. So once, you know, a, a company lands, you know, capital from, you know, outside of Atlanta, you'll see others that'll look into it, even within that VC, because, hey, it, it helps to leverage the trip, right? All right. Great. What about you, Greg? What, what, are you, what are your recommendations for CEOs who want to leverage, leverage these trends? Well, I would say that through the Metro Atlanta Chamber, as I mentioned, we focus on growing targeted industry verticals. Uh, Baja mentioned the health IT space. Todd mentioned the mobility space. Uh, using mobility as an example, about three years ago, we determined that mobile technology sector was very strong in Atlanta and that we had a unique opportunity to put together a business plan around growing the mobility technology sector here to make Atlanta the global hub of mobile technology development. Because we have AT&T Mobility headquartered here, we have a, Cisco has a large presence here, uh, all the colleges and universities that we have here, we've, we've got this, as Todd said, this wonderful foundation to support the growth of that industry. And so with, with the help of lots of volunteers, and I think that that's the, the big benefit of the Metro Atlanta Chamber, is that we provide a platform for the business community to come together around the same table. And it, it's great to see Verizon Wireless and AT&T Mobility sitting at the same table, strategizing plans for how do we help Atlanta to grow and enhance our mobile technology sector. So we created an entire business plan around a goal of positioning Atlanta as the global hub of mobile technology development. And in that business plan, we had created a, a task force that Ralph De La Vega, the president of AT&T Mobility, chaired. Uh, we had several working groups. Todd was a big part of our uh, working group that dealt with recruiting new mobile technology companies to Atlanta. We had a grow and innovate working group to work with the startup technology companies. And we put on a number of fast pitch events where we had 10 or 15 mobile technology startup companies in Atlanta pitch their elevator speech to a room full of big brands that are here like Delta, Intercontinental Hotel Group, Panasonic, UPS, so that w with an opportunity that those startups might do business with the big brands that are here. We had a workforce development working group that dealt to make sure that we had the, t the talent available to support mobile technology companies. And lastly, we had a promote working group to devise strategies and implement strategies for promoting Atlanta as the global hub of mobile technology development. So we've done things over the last three years, like establish an Atlanta presence at Mobile World Ability Live, that this October will be the third year of that event, and we attract over a thousand people to that event annually. So 
what the Metro Atlanta Chamber has done through this initiative is to to put CEOs of mobile technology companies, small, medium, and big, shoulder to shoulder to devise these initiatives and implement them. And uh, I, I think that that's been of benefit to all the participants. Great. So, you know, as a CEO who may be listening to this, or maybe Baha or Todd, you want to comment on this? Um, how does one get beyond? I mean, that sounds really great, Greg, beyond the networking, you show up to these events, or you show up to a great event like the promote event or pitch event at, at the Metro Chamber, and you bring your little stack of business cards and you go, and then, you know, how do you turn that into, you know, going from a seed idea to, you know, a thriving follow-up, uh, follow-up and keep keep those relationships. Um, I'll give you an example. We When we were in Valdosta uh, three years ago, I met David Hartnett in, in an event in Atlanta. We stayed in touch. We David uh, Hartnett is a, another is person in the chamber. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we stayed in touch. We followed up with each other. And uh, when the time was right, uh, we were able to do a lot of things that helped Azalea as a company to uh, process to move to Atlanta and, and position ourselves um, in a nice way. So I think uh, you, when we go to those events, um, I've met people in the PR side, from the marketing side. You always have to listen, learn, uh, and open your mind uh, to stay listening in and, and seeing what, what they have to offer. And, of course, follow-up. Uh, That's my simple recipe. <laughs> I, I think it's important to – it's not just about going to an event. It's about getting involved. And, you know, my involvement with the chamber on this mobility journey, it actually started with my prior company. It was a very large technology company based elsewhere. Um, I had actually reached out because we were looking at building an innovation center in Atlanta. And actually, we was introduced to Greg and other people through the chamber, as well as folks with Georgia Tech, because we were looking to see what resources might be available to us. Regrettably, living in Atlanta at the time. I was living in Atlanta at the time. And I was putting together a business case that said, hey, let's put this here because this is the right place and happened to be in the mobile sector. Now, regrettably, that technology company decided to put it in Palo Alto, um, where even though we were trying to hire up 300 people, they were only able to hire seven in the last three years. So uh, they chose poorly. And actually it was after I left that firm and I was actually looking to do something in the same sector, I went back to, wow, um, you know, I was amazed at the resources that were available in Atlanta to be able to um, help to facilitate building a business here. And one of the first places I kind of reached to was the chamber and they graciously invited me to be part of this mobility movement. So it was kind of like, you know, put your money where your mouth is a little bit to be actively involved. And it, and that journey you know, coterminous with building Star Mobile has been deeply rewarding beyond just the events, but to be, you know, deeply involved in all the resources available to us in terms of, you know, not only the networking, the people, the education processes that we have around this space, um, just some great resources that are there and, and getting actively involved, getting your hands dirty. It's just not about being a passive listener. I mean, I think the chamber is a living, breathing entity that is only what its membership creates out of it. And so I think it's incumbent for us to pick up that torch and help take advantage of those resources that are available to us. Great. And so as you talked about things that 
that they did, right? Things that he, that David Hartnett helped you do. What were some of the things? So I'll talk uh, briefly about one of the initiatives, which is actually the Opportunity Zone. And uh, we were trying to apply for an Opportunity Zone tax credit. And uh, of course, the chamber doesn't do that. But immediately they connected me with the right entities, with the right people to, to help me with that. When I came here, um, I was looking for uh, real estate agents. I was looking for all kinds of uh, uh, services that would help us be in Atlanta. And definitely they were the, the catalyst uh, to help uh, connect me with, with the right entities, with the right people, and give me always the right advice. And also they plugged me in immediately with uh, introductions and, uh, and as Todd mentioned, committees. Um, they work really nicely with the TAG, Technology Association of Georgia, and, and, and um, I feel both of those entities for uh, technology companies are a great asset for us uh, to be involved in and be engaged with. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, Todd, one of the biggest benefits for you was that you got access to relationships you wouldn't otherwise have gotten access to in terms of you know, the, the level of relationships with, you know, let's say AT&T or Verizon or some other, the big five. I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I think there's a lot of folks that we may have gotten there at some point, but to be able to have a seat at the table was, you know, help to accelerate and facilitate our ability to get there. I kind of look at the, the chamber as kind of, it, it's the cement and the concrete, you know, it bring, it's the binder that brings so many of these assets together for us. So, you know, it goes beyond, again, just the relationships and things. But if you really look at the resources that are available that we can take advantage of as we build business, whether it's the tax credit opportunities, whether it's the, um, uh, the, uh, 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 the, or the zones, the engagement, opportunity, the opportunity zones. zones, it's, um, it, it brings together a lot of the associations. It brings together a lot of just the resources that are there that you might kind of sort of know that they're out there, but you actually can get more immediate access to that because they're actually being put, in front of you. Um, all of those elements to us, I mean, it's been I- I- an enormous return on our investment of both time and money to be part of the chamber. And quite frankly, there's also a great aspect of giving back. Um, you know, I- I- again, as I said, this is the first time that I actually have the opportunity to truly double down in Atlanta. And so that itself is a very fulfilling journey. And to be able to help share that with others along the way and giving back to this community that we've drawn from as we build this business is it's just an important part of making that wheel go round. And Metro Atlanta Chamber is really does very good job in promoting their own members and promoting our the companies within um, the Metro Atlanta cha- uh, Chamber. So um, we've been always fortunate with with that promote you know, pr- getting promoted with other companies and mm-hmm. connected. And so, are you guys at what level? Are you board of uh, advisors or at what level are, of membership are you at the chamber? We are uh, we are a board of advisor member. Okay. Uh, same. Okay, great. I was just wondering, and, and Greg, you want to explain what that is or what the different levels are? Sure. Like any good membership organization, the Metro Atlanta Chamber offers different levels of membership. It's, it's uh, you know, different opportunities to, to get engaged in different activities. We have an investor level, which is our, our basic level that gives uh, investor level members access to Metro Atlanta Chamber networking events and other events. We have our board of advisors level which at that level, we have a variety of different councils. And that's where we begin to focus in on the industry verticals that I mentioned, whether it's health IT, mobility, supply chain manufacturing, workforce development, uh, technology. Uh, 
our board of advisors members can participate in those councils and through those councils get involved in different specific initiatives related to working with startup companies or creating an event like Mobility Live or interacting with the the different colleges and universities that we have. And then beyond that, we have a, a board of directors level as well. Great. And so as, you know, from what I understand, it's not an insignificant, you mentioned that being worth the, the investment of both the time and the money, Todd. It's not an insignificant investment of either um, at the board of advisors level. And so when you were looking at the opportunity cost, because obviously you could be investing that time and, and resources into other things. What was it that made you decide that the chamber was the right place to make that investment? Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, the, I always find the means to get the money. I think it's more the more precious commodities the time. No, no, I understand. And, and so, you know, it was really more of a natural and evolutionary fit that as I became, you know, I, as I, again, I've been here since 1987 and really, quite frankly, I never really had much engagement with the chamber until, you know, the last five years or so. Um, I also, by the way, didn't necessarily even have the need for it per se. Or actually, if I look in hindsight, I probably had the need, but I didn't know about it. And I didn't know what was there. And so as, you know, my story of my initial engagement with my prior company in working with the chamber, it was this great moment of enlightenment for me of, wow, look at all these resources that are available if I'm just, you know, here I'm a company trying to draw something in this. And that just, as I got involved in the early steps of the, mo the mobility task force, uh, it became an evolutionary step where just getting involved in some of the passions around that, it began to snowball. And I don't know that I really ever thought about, gosh, I'm putting more time into this because it was exciting. It was a labor of love. Um, it was a labor of passion. There was certainly, I mean, it wasn't altruism because part of that was certainly coming back to my business, but it was also fun. Uh, it was fun to build, you know, build these initiatives to work with people that were like-minded, had similar passion and things around it. So I will say in hindsight, what a great return on that investment. But there was no, I never saw this as this cliff, you know, should I kind of go into this realm? It just became something that just fit like a glove and just kind of we grew into over time. And it sounds like the, the Metro chamber, chamber has really helped you find your tribe, which is, you know, that place where you have all the people and the ecosystem and you've kind of put together that, that group of people who support you and you support them. You know, that, that's actually a great way to put it. Um, you know, there's definitely folks that not only have we built great professional relationships with, but I've also built great personal relationships with. So yeah, absolutely. We, we certainly, I think that's a great way to characterize it. We've built a tribe uh, around this mobility se sector. Right. And what about you? Well, uh, Azalea uh, Health has been a product of, of a chamber. Uh, actually, the Valdosta Lowndes County uh, Chamber of Commerce had a business plan competition, and that's how it started. So we've been very, very supportive of our local small chamber. But when we came to Atlanta, uh, the capacity of Metro Atlanta Chamber is far beyond any chamber I've interacted with. And definitely we found our tribe right away and we were able to get involved in different events like the Health IT Leadership Summit, which uh, I believe the chamber is a mem uh, an organizing member. Uh, we were involved in many events uh, and uh, some of them related to TAG as well. But being able to reach all of those entities at, in, in very, very quickly because time 
is the uh, most expensive commodity for any business. Uh, and being able to reach those and make those connections in a in a fast-paced way is a huge asset for us. Mm-hmm. And so the Metro Chamber has, has done the work of already creating these communities Absolutely. that you can just insert, insert you, yourself into. Absolutely. Great. I, I would like to add, though, I think it's important to, to recognize the business community and the way that the business community gives back to Metro Atlanta, whether it's through the Metro Atlanta Chamber or, or, or through different initiatives to promote Atlanta's economy. You know, to see... Todd go out to Silicon Valley as a part of one of our initiatives to promote Atlanta, or we have so many executives that they give their valuable time to to travel and help us to pitch Atlanta to recruit more businesses and to help our economy to thrive, whether it's through our economic development group or our public policy group to make sure that policies are in place to support the continued growth of Atlanta's economy or getting engaged in the very time-consuming aspects of putting an event like Mobility Live together, or a health IT summit, uh, or a supply chain event. You know, uh, you know I'm sure that, that Baja and Todd have, they're being pulled in a million different directions to make their businesses successful, but they're willing to come back over and over again and, and, and really donate their precious time all really for making Atlanta a better place. If I can add one thing that I can you know, truly cite that the chamber has been of enormous help for us on, you know, we talked a little bit about raising capital. Um, I'm a big believer in this notion, though, that one of the most important things that as startup CEOs you can try to raise is virtual capital. And what I mean by virtual capital is, is how you gain customers. And they could be paying customers, they could be non-paying customers. But your ability to build constituency to give that validation in the product that gives that constant feedback loop to it is as important in, in having those logos is as important perhaps or more important than actually having cash in the bank. And to that effect, you know, a lot of the initiatives that the chamber has founded, such as the startup showcases and, and other things that actually gives companies like ourselves a shot at bat in front of you know, one of the world's largest concentrations of Fortune 500s. And, you know, I, I'm big on the notion that I, I, if, if every company, every CIO only gave 1% of their budget to be able to give small companies that are innovative companies a shot, um, you know, I think that one, it'd probably be the best return that they have on their investment to help this community to grow. But moreover, that's where the true innovation is coming. It's not from the, you know, the large software companies that are deeply entrenched. Usually that those companies have, you know, the innovator's dilemma, they fail to be innovative anymore. The true innovation is coming from folks, you know, like your firm, uh, companies like Star Mobile, other companies that are coming through this community. And for the chamber to help facilitate that opportunity for us to get that access, to be able to get that virtual you know, shot on goal, that's of enormous value, perhaps more so than the ability to go raise that capital in, in Silicon Valley. I agree with Todd very much. Uh, it, it's difficult for small businesses, uh, startups, to be able to connect with large institutions and large businesses. And uh, having a chamber that can make that connection is is a huge uh, asset for startups definitely great now um baja uh and todd i'll ask you this question as well is there uh what's new and exciting that's happening at your company that you think um folks would love to to know about 
Well, one of the most exciting side of what we're try- what we're building in 2015 and beyond is the telehealth aspect of our business. Basically, uh, we see the future physician office is both uh, they see patients face to face and they see patient uh, through their mobile devices. Um, so we're we're doubling down on that effort and we're building. Uh, um, apps around telehealth where the physician can schedule an appointment that could be face-to-face and schedule an appointment that can uh, be uh, completely mobile or uh, or through a telehealth or through basically a video chat or audio chat. And uh, this is going to be huge for patients. Imagine if you can get your refills by just basically going on a mobile app and chatting with your physician and be able to get the refill that you need in fraction of the time versus getting stuck in traffic, going into the physician office, waiting in a waiting room and uh, to wait to just see the physician so he can renew your prescription. Uh, And it's also a way to... um, reduce the panic. Uh, a lot of times we, we, we see something that is wrong with our children and so forth, and we wanted an opinion right away. And it's a good way for us to engage with our healthcare providers. We're very excited about it. Uh, but that's one, one aspect. The other aspect of what we're doing is um, uh, we, we hear a lot about uh, something in our industry called ICD-10, uh, which is the International Classification of Disease. Uh, we trib- Typically, um, uh, there is a change in October 1st where uh, the library of the classification of um, of those uh, diseases, the ICD-10, is going to be growing tremendously. It's, it's growing from 14,000 codes to 100-plus thousand codes. And uh, we're excited to be able to build uh, tools like mappers and, 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 and search uh, uh, tools to allow the physicians to be compliant with the new changes with ICD-10. And uh, lastly, um, one of the aspects we, we see, we, we see uh, other opportunities for roll-up. Um, we acquired uh, a company last year, and we integrated them with our uh, culture, and we actually migrated all their customers to our platform. Congratulations. Thank you. And we're uh, looking to see if there's any other opportunities in that space to do the same thing over and over. Very good. What about you, Todd? What's what's happening at Star Mobile? So as I said earlier, our business is about how we help companies to take their investment in the systems that they use to run their business and extending it out to all these new devices, whether it's smartphones, tablets, even in some cases PCs, where the original application is kind of legacy and we give it a new face, watch, or even things. And so we're seeing that sector absolutely begin to explode. You know, the average Global 2000 company has 424 applications on the back end that they typically use to support their business. And that could be classic on-premises businesses or software systems like SAP or Oracle or IBM or Microsoft. They could be new cloud-based businesses or systems like uh, Salesforce or Workday. They could be bespoke or custom-built applications that are based on web or .NET, Win32, Java, or they can be legacy green screens. And there's a lot of green screens applications that are still out there. Really? In order to... Uh, actually, I had to teach our guys what SNA and 3270 architecture stuff was, so it really made me feel old. Um, but moreover... You know, the average company you know, has those 424 applications, but you know, in enterprise, to build one mobile app, it typically takes 7 to 12 months to build an app of medium complexity for two mobile device platforms, 
at an average cost of $270,000. And so when you look at those 424 systems, when you mobilize them, you're usually mobilizing a subset of that workflow for a given app. So 424 applications could actually give birth to the need that a company has to tool up to build and maintain as many two, as 2,000 apps per company. And so at an average cost of $270,000, companies don't realize in order to be mobile and to you know deliver these type of, of applications and services on all these endpoints that their workers want to be able to consume it from, they're looking at a half billion dollar investment to replatform these systems. And that's the problem that Star Mobile is unique focused upon is our platform dynamically transforms those applications to mobile very simply, very quickly, very inexpensively, typically at a price point of $5 per user per month to be able to use the platform to be able to build out these apps. We have some examples of customers where we're actually able to, at a price point of $0.08 per user per app per month, we're actually able to deliver these, which is typically about 10% of the cost and about five times as fast as any other platform in our sector. So ours is all about the speed, the simplicity, the economy of being able to harness the power of these types of applications. You know, one example is uh, Mondelez International, third largest snack food company in the world. Um, they have a system that they use to support their 35,000 sales reps around the globe. Um, that system was based, is consumed by PC using a Microsoft SharePoint type application with 39 unique workflows. We were able to get that out to the field for them in, in three days at a very agreeable price point. So we're just excited when you look at the complexity of these applications and the size of the opportunity um, and our ability to get that message out and get that message in front of these folks that are making decisions about how they replatform these systems. You know, this is a, a, a massive wave that we're, we're targeting. And, you know, the types of use cases are all over industry sectors, doing a lot of work in the healthcare sector, doing a lot of work within the consumer product sector and others. Um, so, and, and this journey of using different types of devices and endpoints is, is really only beginning. Um, and uh, we're just really excited to be you know, right there with the right product at the right time right now. Thanks. And, and Greg, what's happening at the Chamber that you think pe people would be interested in? Well, we, we continue to put on lots of events all the time. So uh, I encourage people to get, in, get engaged with the Chamber, attend our events. But coming up, uh, we're generating a particular focus on the financial technology sector right now because we've been uh, so aggressive with health IT and, and with mobile technology and, and we'll continue to support those sectors. We now want to focus our attention on financial technology. So uh, we have a number of initiatives coming up related to that. Uh, if, if people want to get engaged in that new initiative that we're rolling out around financial technology, they can uh, contact the Metro Atlanta Chamber to get involved. But as an example, you know, we, we're very uh, proactive in promoting Atlanta as a place to do business and, and participating in industry events, as we have at uh, HIMSS, which was recently in Chicago for the health IT sector, or Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Uh, we will be at a show called Money 2020 uh, in October, which is the premier event for the fintech industry. Companies like Visa, American Express, Global Payments, WorldPay, uh, Ingenico, they, they will all be at that show, and, and we will be there aggressively promoting Atlanta for that sector. Very good. And Todd, if folks want to get in touch with you to hear more about anything that you mentioned today? Certainly. Our website is www.starmobileinc.com. Uh, uh, Great. And Baja? AzaleaHealth.com. Azalea like the flower. Great. And, uh, and Greg? MetroAtlantaChamber.com. Very good. Thank you guys for a great show. 
This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com. 